Hi, folks. Welcome to another Loft Podcast. We've got Mr. Steve Boyle in studio. He is our SME, subject matter expert on the CE560XL project we've been working on. His folks supplied the airplane, he supplied the talent, and he's going to uh, run this thing through its paces. So we had a nice chat about that and uh, just overall aviation nonsense. Hope you guys enjoy. Steve, thanks for doing this, man. Hey, appreciate anytime. it. time. Steve is our SME. A SME. Subject matter expert. We're getting our 560XL SIM certified, and you have been, uh, what shall we say, angel-like in your uh, help with getting the flight test data done. In fact, you were the flight test pilot on that. I was. Which I hope we get to talk about. And then we're now putting the... Uh, our new level D sim through the ringer before the FAA shows up and does the same thing. The checks and balances. Yes, it's been fun. I give it that. What uh, you you, have, you 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 were airline. You came from an airline background, I did. correct? I did. How'd you get started in aviation? So way back when. You want to hold that thing about a fist away about from here? You. Yeah, that. Is part, this part. better? Absolutely. So way back when, um, when I was more. Uh, even younger than your son there. It's hard to believe he's that old. He's like 30. I know. <laughs> um, I, uh, I was going to go to college to uh, learn to design airplanes. Oh, really? I did. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, my college roommate was working on some flying. Going for an engineering degree? I was going to, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he took me up flying a couple times, kind of, you know, set the hook. Yeah, as, and, it, as it will do. Yep, and then <laughs> never again. Never, yep. never looked at the engineering school. <laughs> so, did you uh, complete that degree? I completed a degree in aviation, um, and I, yeah, the degree is still available. Central Washington University, nice, up in uh, Ellensburg, Washington. So, did you start flying immediately then? Yeah, after the hook was set. Yep. yep. Local airport. Local airport, right yep. there in uh, Ellensburg. Did you go through all your certificates there, or did you I branch did, out? I did everything up through CFI. And then um, did my MEI and I down in Fullerton when I was flight instructing down there. Okay. So a little bit of Southern California in me as well. Good. So. What brought you to Fullerton? Uh, you know, I was trying to find a... It was a girl. It, no, actually it wasn't. <laughs> uh, should have been, but it wasn't. Um, all the flying was down here in Southern California. When you look at the back in the late 80s... Yeah. Uh, the demographics, a quarter of the nation's airplanes were between San Diego, Palm Springs, and Santa Barbara. That was a tough time to get a job flying airplanes, too, or doing it. Very tough. Yeah. Very tough. I chased so. a job all the way down to San Diego. I was Did from you? San Fran and chased it all the way down to San Diego for that. and well, Still I, ended up working at a nursery loading manure bags. That was not exactly what I had in mind. Probably would have done better had you stayed in that. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. You well, could have been telling the guy what to loan at this point. <laughs> Certainly would have been better money. <laughs> so uh, did you went from there to uh, so I was instructing? and then I was instructing, and then I went on to uh, the regional airlines flying for uh, West Air. Um, oh, I remember West Air. I remember yeah. West Air, United yeah. Express. Uh, they sent me off to the East Coast and to their Atlantic Coast Division, which then they promptly sold. Yeah, so, ACA. ACA. I got trained on the Dash 8 by the ACA guys because really? Mason bought a bunch of yeah, Dash oh, 8s. Yeah. And uh, we, we probably 
walk through the hallways together because I was at your training facility. Probably. Yeah, That's where that probably, Dash 8 Sim was. Probably were. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, I did that, um, got into the training department there. So let's see, I got hired in 91. I was in the training department, I think, 94. Flying the Jetstream 32 at oh, the time. Oh, yeah. We probably walked right past each other. Probably. Because I was there in 92. Probably. The hilarious thing is, you know, the airline world goes, you put your bids in for upgrades. And so I took the first captain upgrade I could have got, which was the Jetstream 32. Yeah. If I would have waited one bid, it would have been a Dash 8 captain. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they you were know. going away rather quickly since Mesa bought them. Yeah, they... they <laughs> <laughs> took them all, I think. The 100s and the 300s. Yes, they took... Yeah, I think they did. Um we did, they didn't last very long at Mesa either. No, you know. By the, t- by the time I left, I was only there two years, and by the time I left, they had already mothballed them. Yeah. My, uh, in my airline career there, I ended up with five different sets of wings. Yeah. All under one interview. Um, I, don't know, I don't know what that means. So I, uh, I interviewed at West Air, got my West Air wings, I got my ACA wings, I got AC jet wings because we created a whole new 121. Uh, oh, I see. So you transitioned to five different companies within a short period of time. Yeah. Oh, all, gotcha. All, all, <laughs> with, all within the same envelope. I mean, the same managing people. I just bounced around between. They just changed your outfits. Pretty much. Actually, it was the same outfit. They just changed our wings. Oh, nice. So, yeah. How long were you with them? Uh, Until they went out of business? Yeah, 14 and a half years. Wow, really? Yeah. So I went from a little 19-seat. Did you feel a little lost when that collapsed on you? You know what was... Um, you kind of saw it coming, so we started putting feelers out. Um, the day that it really struck home was when I'm walking out at Portland International, walking to the CJ2 I'm going to go fly, yeah. and watching an Airbus 319, which I had flown five days prior, fly by, and I'm going, wow, <laughs> this industry turns quick. Yeah, I didn't know they had Airbuses. Yeah, we had uh, under our Independence Air flag, which was the last wow, of the five sets of wing. Um, so I, uh, um, I flew the Airbus for about six months. Okay. Did you like that airplane? It's a fun airplane. Yeah. I mean, every now and then it earns its name Sparky the Wonder Jet, but. Uh, please elaborate. <laughs> um, going into Seattle one day, I'm three miles behind a Alaska 737, and the airplane decided to go full throttle all in its own. Oh, really? Fully configured, just as you hit the marker and start downhill. And uh, you had auto throttles in that thing? Oh, yeah. And it just, they just they turned just, on. They just decided it was time to go. <laughs> and you've never seen elbows flying and everything else, uh, you know, trying to slow that thing down and not overspeed. But I never liked auto throttles. We had them on the Super 80, and uh, they were, you could tell the difference in fuel burn um, if you didn't use them. Yeah. If you just set them and forget them type of thing. Um, there was a huge difference because they would just go back and forth. You yeah. Know? Because it was well, just, I think it was such a clunky, we needed them for the Cat 3 stuff, but it was such a clunky first-generation auto throttles that I don't think it ever worked very well. I, we, some captains loved it, some some did not. In, you know? in the Airbus, the throttles didn't move, but if you uh, didn't look at the gauges, um, what they call the popsicle or lollipop, so the throttle lever, you could see what it was doing, moving left and right or up and down. But the position was a solid ball on top of the gauge. Oh, that's frustrating. Kind of, so if if you dis if you, weren't, if you weren't paying attention, you wouldn't see it. Well, you'd see it, but if you disengaged without them being together, looking like a lollipop, that the throttles went to where or the engines went to where the throttles were. 
Oh, I see so, what you're saying. <laughs> so, so you can be sitting there well, all nicely. Conf- you can be all nice and configured. Everything's coming down the slope just pretty. and You don't match it up, then it just goes. Kicks it off, and away it goes. <laughs> Whether it's deciding it's going to slow down or it's going to you know, pick up speed. So. Yeah, that's interesting. But that was pretty good technology, though, too. Could you, were you guys Cat 3? You could do Cat 3 approval? We were Cat 3 trained. Yeah. I never had to shoot one in real life. I only did a couple of them, and I, I was uncomfortable. You I know, was very uncomfortable. You know, I did four hours of them in the sim, moderate turbulence, because my instructor was an ass. Yeah. And uh, what did yeah. you say the other day? A screamer? Yeah, no, that, that he wasn't a screamer. <laughs> but yes, I did just recently have a screamer. Um, That's funny. Yeah. It's not in a good way. No, 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 no. It sure makes training hard. Yeah, we we, we try to we try to root those folks out here if they if they show up and. You know, that's that. There's no way that that's a good learning environment. I actually got hit in the 727 simulator because right. we were we were taught by warrant officers. Yeah, and they weren't even pilots. <clears throat> so I I did this flow too quick, and he hit me with this stick he had. I, I turned around. I'm like, did you just hit me? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, I bet you won't do that again. Mm-hmm. Well, that's probably true, but yeah, it might be an HR timeout. I'm not I, sure. I might do it just to piss you off. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. No, it's it's hard. You're trying to learn a new airplane. And your new sounds, you're watching things happen, and to have somebody screaming in your ear to do it better or differently, it's like, you know, it's hard. Yeah, no, I it just hear you does there. not help. So, did you have then a corporate gig lined up before you bailed on? Uh, I, it wasn't ACA when you bailed. It was, though, right? it it was, was in, Independence. It was Independence Air when I bailed. Um, I bailed thirty days from when they actually closed the oh, doors. So everybody kind of knew. Yeah, everybody knew at yeah. that point. Um, you know, I had gotten down to number 57 on the seniority list. So I was getting down there. I mean, I started, I was at West Air, um, what was I, 1100 and something. And then when we split, my uh, I was tailing Charlie at 281, I think it was, or something like that. So, um, But yeah, I had lined up my corporate gig prior to. And, and, he, and you never went back after that, right? Never. You stayed corporate. Stayed corporate the, the whole time after that. And you transitioned from the CJ in, into the the, five, the, the, uh, the 560 XL? Yes. Yeah. We uh, Very easy. Because you had that for a while, right? Well, yeah. You know, um, my first company I flew for, which was about a two-year gig, um, they decided to sell the airplane. They were selling the company. You know, they, they were nice. Take your time. Find the right job. Of course, I found two job offers and... A week and a half. That's nice. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. That never happens. No. Try try no. that right now. No. And uh, and uh, <laughs> to to find a job in the airplane you're current and qualified, and it's at the same airport. That's well, that's unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've been with that group now for 13 years. Wow. That's that's. So. Oh, we were talking about it the other night. Yeah. That's a unicorn gig. Yeah, it really is. And and it's a retirement gig. I, yeah. I'll be there. You know, for however long I get to fly. That's nice. So you went from the 560, you guys transitioned into the Falcon. Yeah, 525. Say so again? Oh, I'm sorry. We did 525 to the 560 right, XL. Right, And just in the last two months, transitioned to the Falcon 2000 EX. Ooh, beautiful airplane. It is Absolutely a dream beautiful. to fly. It's and, a rocket ship. Yep. We won't uh, we won't name the training facility, but you got yeah. to spend uh, what was it ninety two weeks there? It felt like ninety two weeks. <laughs> um, it was a forty day, nineteen day adventure. Yeah, so you guys we, ended up getting sick. Yes, um, our uh, instructor popped us with the the gift that does go away, unlike something. Right. But uh, yeah, we get to spend an extra couple weeks in uh, isolation in the hotel room. That yes. sounds delightful. 
Uh, no. 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 <laughs> no. If you can get it, get it while at home yeah. would be my suggestion. Okay. So how did you do food and such? Did they room service or how did they – because then you were positive. No, you know, the hotels are – all their restaurants are for the most part closed. Right. So uh, Grubhub, you know, Uber Eats. They just leave it at the door? Yeah, leave it at uh, the door. Okay. A lot of them would complain, oh, we can't go back there. It's like, dude – I can't leave the room, so if you want it, you got to bring it here. Yeah, well, and that's I, a little and sketchy. I, and I talked to your manager about it. Everything's all paid. It's all good. So, uh, well, that kind of you didn't study. You just studied hard those two weeks. Is that what you did? Yeah, we studied the wine bottles really hard. Um, we uh, when when we knew we had to go home before we got our positive tests, we kind of stocked up. Good. So we had we had some bottles. Um, once we got to the positive, and we had to truly self isolate. Um, then it was drinking by yourself. Oh, that's all right. It's I, I, I drink alone. Yeah. I don't want to share. Yeah, I'm, share. I'm still recovering from this weekend. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> the wife made it back home okay? She did. She did. Excellent. She, nice. she, she asked if you. she embarrassed me, and I said, oh, no, I'm a pilot. You can't embarrass me. Yeah, I'm kidding. So, no shit. Yeah. So we got um, flight testing. That was uh, that's kind of a new thing for you, wasn't it? You know, I've done a lot of things in my airline time with my training department stuff. I did manage a fleet of airplanes, so I got to do some flight testing of the Dornier three two eight jet. Okay, over is it return to maintenance type of stuff. No, actually, uh, I was flying it before it was certified. Oh, excellent! Yeah. How did that come to be? Um, we were looking at a different size regional jet. We had the CRJs. Um, and so they were looking for something smaller okay. to get rid of the turboprops with. Uh-huh. And somehow I got plucked as being the up-and-coming star to run that program. And so I went over. My first flight in the airplane was eight hours after eight liters of beer and, and never went back. So never never had to fly the turboprops again after that. So they were actually in the, the flight testing stage of that airplane? Yeah, they, they were in the finish-ups. Um, so, you know, just waiting for the type certificate. But I got to go got horse it. it around with a, you know, do all It's a neat little airplane. You know, it is a fun airplane. It had a, a design flaw in the tail, um, so it was slow. It's the quickest thing to slow is my favorite quote. Because of the tail? Yeah, it needed a flying tail. Oh. So the wing engine combo was an 8-4 airplane. I don't and know what that means. So a .84. You'd think I would be a pilot. You'd think. So... <laughs> The fuck he's talking about yeah. at the time. <laughs> so, it's my engineer what background. Would, so. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. what all the abbreviations is yeah. military. Yeah, so it, it should do, the wing and engine would um, wind tunneled at 0.84 Mach. Okay. Um, when you put the whole airplane together, it flew at 0.72 Mach. Oh, that's a big difference. Yeah, it needed to move the tail around. Okay. And they, they should have par- just added three or four more engines on that thing, right? Well, or, you know. <laughs> Those are two but, big motors on that thing, yeah, right? It had the 306Bs, which are the Sovereign motors. Okay. Um, well, that's, no, that's... Yeah, yeah it was a good motor. Um, it had a few design issues in itself. Um, turbine blades, they didn't have the metallurg- metallurgy rate. Okay. And uh, How many people could that thing carry? 32. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that kind of, that slows it down a little bit too, doesn't it? A little bit. That plus bags and A little gas. bit. And then the airplane was designed as a turboprop, so it didn't have an APU 
once they threw the APU in the tail end of the airplane, it was too heavy. Oh, boy. So we flew around with 150 pounds of lead in the nose. and <laughs> That's usually a bad design. Yeah. Well, I mean, the it's... The first CJs are like that, too. Yeah. It's when yeah. you take something and modify it to something it's not. Yeah. So... Interesting. Yeah. Are those things even still flying? I don't think I've seen them around. There's at all. a couple in Europe in airline service. Okay. Um, there's only 102 airframes, I think. It's 101 airframes. I thought a couple of them entered or ended up in private service too. There's a uh, was it Ultimate Jet Charters has a bunch. They do yeah. uh, NCAA. They go to Aspen or that's the Mach 146, isn't it? No, they could that do it in Aspen. Willy. You could do it in uh, Air Willie did it that way. With the with though they did it with the box though, didn't they? Yes. The 146s yeah. four motors. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we uh, the dreaded three motor approach. Ex- the common three motor approach in that airplane uh, early on. <laughs> BAE for bring another engine. Ah, nice. So. I hadn't heard that before. Oh, Is really? That it was? Yeah, early on those little motors sucked. Everything, uh, and they, yeah. you'd always get one that didn't want to work. I so. sure like their Hawker. You know, it's a nice airplane. Yeah, I get a little time. I probably get. 50 hours on a hawk. I just always love the stick on that thing. The <laughs> ram horns. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So the Donier, and then uh, bailed out of that, and right. then into this corporate gig. And the, so the flight testing, you haven't been, um, you did a little bit of that but prior to this, but this was a pretty extensive program. We were talking to Jeff here earlier, and he was lamenting about, you know, how many different times you'd have to do one specific maneuver to try to get the engineers in the back happy. But I would love to hear your take on it because he wasn't there. Oh, yeah, no, he <laughs> but wasn't. You were. He was not. Was there a lot of repetition or how did that kind of pan out? You got obviously you had a like a flight test card for the day on things that you needed to do. Well, they did in the back. They just tell us what they wanted next. Got it. Okay. Um, so that you didn't get the full briefing. No, no. Sometimes it's better to have surprises, as you know. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, we'd. Uh, Start the day, you just a general fuel load and go fly, and they'd tell us, okay, this is kind of what we're looking for. Um, I think it was first day, second day, was kind of slow flight stuff, and that's when I sent you the, holy crap, did you not hear what we did today? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, some exciting moments there. A little bit. Yeah. More for the guy standing in the cockpit entry than us. I mean, we're sitting on our seats. and it With a belt on. Yeah, with a belt on, and it kind of uh, rolled off on the left wing, and... That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, long before any warnings were going to tell you it was going to do it, it just kind of rolled. But that's what you get when you put some, you know, things that you put in mixed drinks. Yeah, that's true. Um, that is true. Yeah. That is very true. And so they had, uh, it sounded like a pretty good setup in the back, screens and such, telling them it looks like they were, sounds like they were looking at the data points in real time, trying to okay. make sure they got everything captured properly. They were. How often did they make you redo something? Um... Probably 25% of the time. You know, they they could pull a lot of data from what they got. Yeah, that's what we were uh, talking about. Yeah. It's it, pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, we did a total of 22, 23 hours right. of flight time. Um, that's quite a bit. It is quite a yeah. bit. When, and you don't think about that. You know, it was over, a, I think, an 8- or 10-day period. So it doesn't sound like a lot. But when you're – there was three days we couldn't due to weather – um, because we just couldn't get what needed to be done with right. what the weather was. Well, there. the Pacific Northwest is can yeah, be cranky at times, especially in the spring. <laughs> yeah. Shit, every, yeah, everybody, everywhere's angry in the spring except yeah. Cabo. Exactly, but uh, we, uh, you know, um, you know, trying to find the crosswind day. 
that was tough. Yeah, so when Jeff was talking about too, that that's one of the more difficult. That's ones, the hard trying one. to gather that data. That's the hard one, and then the is that when we ate the tire? No, that was a different day. <laughs> that was a different day. I, I can tell everybody right now that the fifth trip down the runway, you shouldn't do. Yeah, there's some break energy limits that, there that might be. Yeah, that's that ex- might be under discussion. That's, that's an expensive trip down the runway. Yeah. Do you uh, have uh, the uh, the accelerate or the break energy limit chart in that in no, that airplane? No. The only time the only time I knew that I've ever done it is in the seven two. We had to yeah, calculate it. They, they have one in the Falcon. Um, but uh, that's a lot of metal. That's yeah. a lot of metal. Um, turnaround I, table. Right? Yeah, yeah. Turn yeah I've table. never seen one in the citations. Not uh, they're not. So yeah, no, well, certainly not in the CJ or the five sixty. Yeah, know. and I don't remember them in the in the uh, XL. Um, they sure but you figured out where they were. Number yeah. five. Yeah, number five. <laughs> number five. And number five would never have happened except for uh, the airport we were using is the West Coast F fifteen training base. And they had two airplanes coming in and wouldn't let us go because I was just going to swing around the pattern, oh, leaving it out and cool them down. Gotcha. So I had to so pull you taxied off, clear. Taxied clear, pulled over, and uh, tried not to set the parking brake, but I had to because it didn't want to stop. Oh. And the guys in the back knew exactly when the tire let go. Because they felt it on their uh, their instruments. That's so, interesting. Well, so, so, the good news is now we got real actual data on that. You do somewhere somewhere within their files. You know they exactly have a real blown tire. You know exactly how much it uh, it changes the angle of the airplane. Yeah, so. that's that's a pretty good heat though coming off those pucks. If that's it, because it popped the fuse plug. Yeah, it popped it the fuse plug. So it was yeah. over five fifty, um, and so yeah, it was it was. We looked out there and you could just see the steam or smoke of all the grease burning out. It's like, oh. Yeah. There was a, just, I was either today or yesterday, that four, four, Lear 45 XR that was owned by the Mexican military went plowing off the end of a runway. And one of the pictures they have is the entire wheel assembly completely gone from the airplane, laying in the bushes, totally on fire all by itself. Oh, I wouldn't doubt that one bit. So you can imagine the energy that that thing was absorbing as they were trying desperately oh. to stop. So yeah. it's yeah, he's gonna he'll pull it up and show it to you. Oh. But it was there was actually some video of the tire just on fire, and you're like, oh, I know what caused that. And yeah, it, and, it, and it looked like it was in no danger of uh, being put out. Yeah, no, no, no. That's <laughs> when they get going, they're yeah, they're good. Um, but that was a big deal for us in the seven two. Oh yeah, um, with the turnaround tables because yeah. it was every single every single landing, um, uh, there was gonna be an issue. You know, and that was it, it, we more times than not we were waiting for the tires to cool down so we could do the next leg. Wow. So yeah, that doesn't look yeah, good. Does no, it? that's you yeah. don't you don't want to be like that. Well, the video that I saw the the Lear forty five went off rather quickly, so I don't know what was going on there. Small runway, but I'm not really sure what happened. Yeah, you don't want to be in that. Pretty bad deal. Yeah. Ugly, ugly. So. Um, 22 hours. It was about a month, right? Because we took a couple weeks to put all the stuff on and then maybe a week to take everything back yeah, off again. I, I think it was uh, two weeks to put it into experimental mode, uh, roughly 10 days of flying. And it really, it was about four days to pull it back off. Right. The guys did a wonderful job. And of, it was a non-event, too, because I know everybody got scared about the experimental status stuff, but it was kind of a non-event. Yeah. Right? This was, uh, you know... If you're going to do something like this to an expensive airplane, let the right people do it. Yeah. Sort of thing. Well, we talked about that yeah. oh, early on. We had another uh, another opportunity, and I'm not sure that would have worked out as well. Yeah, I don't think it would have. I mean, it's hard when you take somebody's airplane and say, hey, can I go play with it for a while, and <laughs> I'll try to bring it back whole. Um, 
you know, um, the boss was really good about that. Yes, he, they, they were wonderful about that. I mean, I just I can't thank you guys enough for everything you guys have done. Yeah, and timing was perfect. I mean, who would think that COVID-19 would create a perfect time where we to put an airplane down for a month yeah, yeah. that wasn't going to happen no yep. no we we fly our airplane three days a week yep. so to get something this lucky yeah and where we were talking about it earlier uh, today too about you know maybe the next project and everything's going to be defined on aircraft availability and depending on what uh, airframe we choose yeah. to go with it's a it's a real that's the biggest hurdle for us is to find some way to gather that data if it's not for sale and yeah. usually it's not for sale. No, I, I can understand why they get into the contracts with the big providers and makes perfect sense. Yeah. So you're here now. We're putting the sim through its paces. What uh, what's that like? You know, um, I kind of joked to um, one of our uh, pilots that I fly with um, that at the end of this week I should have my single pilot XL type <laughs> rating. I should be the only person allowed to do it. I don't know. I think yeah. I've done 15 V1 cuts today, a couple approaches, a couple mists. So what are they asking you though? I mean, uh, you're you're obviously are you going for the feel aspect of it, the the practicality? It's a mix. Um, primarily one we have to make it fly like an XL. Of course. Um, so, you know, the engineers are great. They're really good at looking in a book and making the book work that way they just forget that that old saying about flying by the seat of your pants is really true yeah you feel what the airplane's doing right but you know if you were to think about it though the data should should be everything they need to know but it really isn't is it there's another aspect there that i think there, there's a little is glossed over a bit yeah which is why the fa requires somebody like yourself to come in and say yeah that's not how that's supposed to work no you know, you know they they have some model that they take all that data and it gets thrown into and then they have to tweak it um, and that's it's the tweaking that you know because there is a feel there is, there a, is feel. a feel yeah and then, then there's the relationship too between the visual the motion and then the actual mechanical side of the airplane that all needs to mesh and sometimes the data itself can't make that mesh it, it's hard I mean you know I I love sim flying except for when I got to move it around on the ground <laughs> well that that really tells you right there too that your brain is is smart not mine but most people's brains are much smarter than they think they are because their eyes are seeing something that their body is feeling and it can make them sick on the ground uh -huh. and that's a first indication that it isn't perfect yeah you know and it and it can't be yeah. But it's it's amazing that uh, the technology is advanced as it is. Your brain still figures out this isn't right. Yeah, no. You know, there's just a millisecond delay between turning left and the sim rolling left. Yeah. And I think it's basically too because it is in fact bolted to the ground that there's only some physics that you can you can't overcome at that point. Yeah, I think that's it. Plus, you know, you're they get an input. It's got to go through a computer. It's then got to work something electric or hydraulic. But it really is milliseconds that your brain is picking up on. It you is. Know? And that's amazing. It is. It is so small. I mean, my wife had the luxury of flying the XL this weekend. She'd never the sim. Been, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. sim. And she's never been in a simulator before. And What'd she think? She liked it. She <laughs> she was one in It's total. pretty neat. You know, there's a lot. Because now we've got this. The, the, the new motion bases oh. have incredible throw to them. They do. I mean, and I they're so if, quiet. You don't hear it throwing like you did the old sims. Right. Right. you got to ask uh, Jeff, too. He's got a great video on your V1 cuts. Yeah. And that thing is just torqued over to complete side. He said it's a great-looking video. Yeah. looks like it's about to pull off the floor. Yeah. It, it was fun. You know, she, she enjoyed it. She, she's heard me talking about it for two years now. 
because <laughs> that's how long we've been discussing this project. I know. Trust me, I'm aware. And the, the, the bank la- wanted their money up front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in, the, in the last year is where we've really put some you know hard effort into it. Right, and it's nice to see it come to fruition too. Oh, and it be totally a is. Product. Totally and is. And Jeff was asking me too about you know where our sweet spot it is, and our sweet spot is just doing the training. We just want to go back yeah. to work. You know, we've been working on this thing for two little over two years, and we just we just want to go back to work now. Oh, totally. Time to get some clients at the door, and it looks like too from what I can see, there's a there's quite a few XLs still around you up there. Up oh, there's a there's a couple Oregon. up in the northwest. Um, it's a good platform for that. It area. is. It is. You know, we're we're watching the um, resurgence of CJs come in up there, um, which means there's new. Buyers, new, new money, new new, new money. money. Yeah, um, you know they'll fly those airplanes for two or three years and move into the next, which will be the Excel class airplane. Um, What's the range on on that? You think, think I would know the Excel? <laughs> uh, what, what, what were you comfortable doing? You know, we do Portland, Chicago. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. You you could go further. Chicago is one of those weird cities where they let you down so early. Yeah, yeah. That your fuel burn kind of limits you. Um, you know, we've done. To Nashville from Portland. Okay. So, so pretty decent, obviously, yeah, going eastbound. Yeah, 1,600 miles is pretty oh, easy. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, Dal- nice cabin. Dallas was pretty easy. Um, going home from Dallas, uh, if we uh, topped it and left a body or two behind. Oh, you nailed it. 1,449 is what the delightful yeah. internet says. Oh, she's yeah. almost like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Max range, 1,900. I don't think that's true. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I With look, a 200 knot tailwind, maybe. Yeah. I looked at uh, time. Four of course. A, four and a half hours. Well, that's what they always said about the CJ, right? Yeah. You can fly for three hours, yeah. and you have to land because you have 30 minutes of gas left. Because yeah. at four hours, both engines spool down. Is that <laughs> <laughs> Or what, what do they say? That, what's the fuel burn on a Citation CJ-1? Hour one is whatever it is. An hour two, you land. Yeah. So, <laughs> who cares what it is? Yeah, it doesn't matter at that point, <laughs> yeah. does it? Does it? No, the, you know, the Excel, I think we figured uh, 1,800 first hour, 1,200 second. And that's that's pretty little, good actually, and I that's mean, a little for, a little high. It was probably more seventeen and eleven, yeah. but you know when it, you're thinking about a you know CJ's in the eleven twelve hundred first first hour. Yeah, yeah. Unless it, you have the mighty winglets. Yes, yes. Have flown a couple of those now. Yours. Do you have an opinion? It's a mixed. Okay, um, I'm all ears, man. I want to hear positive and negative because I always pop off positive and then I get hate mail. You know, they they do a lot. I don't think. If you try to fly the airplane in high-speed cruise, they're so so. Well, there's some parasite drag going on out yeah, there. They yeah. won't they won't talk about it. No, there's some parasite drag. I used to do 360. Yeah, I haven't seen 360 ever. You're 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 <laughs> 360 is no longer yeah. something I see. No, if if you want to do high-speed cruise, you're going to burn a little more fuel. Um, that being said, you pull more off the ground. You sure do, and you can get up there really quick. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, and you know if you try to use your normal V speeds for landing, no. No float. It floats. Yeah. It floats. Which is telling you how much, yeah. you know, yeah. lift that wing yeah. is putting out. Yeah. So it, it's a mixed. There's yeah. there's some serious haters out there, though, I yeah. will say. You know, I. it's not for every airplane. Determine what we've, the, we've, we've, we've talked about it on this podcast with the owner of Tamarack, yeah. and he has admitted it's not for every airplane. No, no, it's not. <laughs> you have to decide what your mission is. It's kind of yes. like the, you know, moving into the Falcon. The winglets are the new thing on the Falcons. Well, they're three quarters of a million dollars. It's a lot of fuel you got to buy, yeah. To 
to save that money. And you're not necessarily going to get that dollar back for a dollar. Is it a different company that's doing it, or is no, it is it Dassault? No, it's... Uh, I'm not saying that right. Uh, is it? It's not Wa- Dassault. It's Washington's company. Dassault. 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 I shan't make a, that mistake again. Is it eight? I don't even remember the name know. of it. This is why Google's so phenomenal. Exactly. Um, Falcon Jet Series Winglets yeah. Aviation Partners. That's it. Oh, API. Oh, API. Well, fuck yeah, yeah API. Yeah. Jesus, they're huge. Yeah, they're huge. They do all they're the, the biggest in the industry. They do Boeing winglets. Yeah, they're, they, yeah, these, yeah, those guys don't yeah. play. No, no. So it's three quarters of a million dollars. In the Falcon, we'd get another 300-mile range. The airplane's already got 4,200-mile range. So. But again, same question. I mean, would you get that money back if you sold the airplane with the winglets? No. No. Not enough to... To make but, it back. And you guys don't need the, the distance, though, either, right, no. for your emissions? No. No. I mean, the airplane will do Boca to Paris nonstop. I don't need to go any further than that. I wouldn't think so. I mean... Well, now you have a potty. I know. It's wonderful. <laughs> right, we had one in the XL. Well, but that's questionable. And it was a flushing toilet. That's, that's questionable. I have one in the CJ, too. It's no, que- no, it's no, questionable. no. It's no, questionable. No, it had a real toilet, not like the CJ. Okay. Yeah, we so. get the... Well, that one flushes, too. It just flushes itself. Yeah, it was just into the smooth, suitcase. It just moves it around yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah, into the suitcase. And, yeah. But, uh, we had our interior done. This is many years ago. The, we have original paint on the airplane, but we had our interior done. And I am not making this up. On the trip from the interior shop to its home base, the potty leaked. All the way down into the carpet, destroyed the carpet, went down into the the you know the metal, so it was all corrosion. That's terrible. That's, that was, terrible. That was kind of the demise of our CJ. Blue juice. Blue juice. It's caused a lot of corrosion, especially yeah. if they don't notice it. Yeah. If it's leaking on the bottom and you don't notice it, that's yeah. the worst. So we that stuff the, is nasty. When we were selling it during the pre-buy, they found a little spot, and it was in a spot that they couldn't do it, so they wanted Wichita to do it. And, yeah, anytime Wichita comes out with borescopes right away, should tell you they know there's an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that might get expensive quick. Yeah, $1.4 million <laughs> on a $2 million airplane. So, Are you shitting me? No, they wanted to replace the rear spar of the wing. Really? Yeah. That seems a bit harsh. Yeah, when it was all said and done, that never happened. Yeah. But we sold the airplane to somebody else before then, so... Who I'm sure that was repaired quite nicely, and there was yeah, no it's issues. out flying now. It's based in Tacoma, yeah. so it's only you know 100 miles away from us. Nice, so. very nice. So that's um, doesn't sound. Now you're not going to be doing much international. I think we talked about it a lot. No, a little bit. Stuff. I mean, our international is uh, Mexico, Canada. Um, well, you have my word. I'm not going to ask you to do a Falcon 2000 sim. You sure? <laughs> You sure? <laughs> no. It could be fun. I just don't think I don't think Dassault would be happy with us. I don't. It's no. Just, I don't think that's our forte. I don't. No. Falcons. I just. I don't get them. I mean, they're beautiful airplanes. They're just oh. beautiful. But that's. And it's. Very, I don't think that's very our nice flying airplane. But yeah, it's. It's a different. Uh, All hydraulic in the two thousand. Yeah. The flight control. Yeah. And how long was that? Pro- well, other than your. Other than my experience. Yeah. It was. It's supposed to be nineteen days. Okay, so that's pretty decent. Yeah, you know, ten days in the. How much? How much? Um, sometimes you got seven sessions. That's good, and you felt real comfy coming out of that. I felt very comfortable. So, I, it was. And you had not flown the airplane prior to that, correct? I had two or three hours. Okay. Right seat time. So. You, you know what to expect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd been a little while, but you know, after a while, the if you. F- don't try to change how you fly in many respects. You kind of get used to the airplane a little better. Right. I mean, you've flown this category airplane now for a little while. It doesn't matter if you climb in a Bravo 
or a CJ or an XL or a Falcon, you fly the same way. Yeah, I agree. So. Yeah, I think the only change is that I can remember back when I first started was Learjet. The Learjet I always flew that's significantly different than any other airplane. Yeah, it's a different. Which was frightened out of my mind. Yeah, well, it depends <laughs> on which one. If you're flying the the 24. one. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> To yeah. Twenty four to uh, twenty four to Whitehorse Canada. That was my favorite. Oh, <laughs> you're on you're on vapor going in there. There's not a lot of options if things no. go bad. The weather's no. always dog shit. You're on an arc, you know, no oh. radar back then. So using yeah, a no. handheld GPS. Yeah. How no. the fuck am I still alive? <laughs> I've wondered that occasionally. <laughs> I mean, it's just so nice now. Garments. Dual Garmin 750s with VNAV, with with yeah. an iPad that tells me exactly where I am. Yeah, yeah. You know, my class Bravo violations went way down. Way down. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. It's important. He doesn't get half my jokes. No, I got that oh, one. Yeah. I had to think about it for a second, but I got it. <laughs> yeah, it's. I tell you, modern flying is so much more pleasant. You know, oh. and I don't. I don't miss the good old days. I miss that 24. It made me smile. You know, there's airplanes you love. No. Um, but, but it scared the shit out of me. I mean, it was it was unstable. You know, we had one yaw damp in that thing, so if anything uh, happened at altitude, it was within seconds and started Dutch rolling. It was, it was, but it was so much fun to fly. Oh my lord! That was the Dornier for me. That airplane was. And Everybody's the, got a favorite. And you know, I got I got the luxury of flying it through the whole envelope, and then. Well, it's be, nice to see too because that raises your comfort yeah, level. You know what it's going to do. Yeah, and be and beyond to some extent. Because in one of my test flights with the Germans. Um, we took it to seven one, and at seven two it pushes. So I got to go out there and feel the mock talk nibble. And that's, and that's really interesting too, because in the wind tunnel, if it was going to eight and change in the wind tunnel, that was, it really shouldn't tuck it all at seven and change. You know, it was a tail. It needed a flying tail, and they just couldn't put the weight back there after yeah. throwing the APU. Yeah. So, but like I said, it was the quickest thing to slow you will ever fly. I mean, you get up, and it would be quick, right to point. Seven two. Yeah, big fat so, wing. Yeah, uh, you know it wasn't that thick. It was a a, a great German design cranked arrow. It's kind of that two two eight wing. You know, had multi edges on the front. Right. Slats? Uh, no. No, no. <laughs> it didn't even have de-icing. You know, anti-icing. <laughs> it was using boots. They just painted them <clears throat> silver. Yeah. So I remember that on the dash. But they, yeah. Boy, it tried to blow ice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure it did yeah. that great a job. No, I got I got to glide it one day. We were up at 31,000 feet doing some engine out work, and before I got one started, the Germans shut down the other engine, so we floated for a while till All we right. could get into the rear light envelope. Excellent. So yeah, that's pleasant. Yep. Yep. It's <laughs> well, that's a real flight test program. That one was <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, you know, I got to do some cool things with the Excel. You know. How many people can say they've taken a jet out and done a real VMCA demo? Yeah. Or for that matter, a VMCG demo. Right. So, you know. We used to do them all the time accidentally. We were we had some uh, some foreign students that we trained for many, many years in the actual aircraft, and they would do some pretty creative things. Yeah, I've seen creative things, normally something. But when you get to sit there and do it, and I think we sent you a video footage of the VMCA. Yes. 
which I mean, that airplane was just rock solid right up to the point that it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. It's just like wow. You know, yeah. you, departing take... control flight is always a hoot fest. There's yes. some great videos online of just horrendous departures. Ugh. I don't know if you've seen some of them, but some of the the YouTube test videos that they've now oh, started yeah. to release, yeah. where these guys are they're upside down. You oh, know? Yeah. I think it was a seven three where the guy just it just rolls it completely upside down. And they get it out of there. I mean, it's a, it was a lot of altitude they used to recover that oh. thing. And I can't imagine the the potential stresses that was on that airframe. Oh. There's some spooky stuff out there. Have you seen that? There's that hawker that they were ferrying out of Mexico. The, the pilot decided to roll it. Oh, no. And just, it looks like a, you know, a screw head now. I mean, it's just. <laughs> oh, he, oh that's the, right. He twisted it, didn't he? He twisted it. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So. And I think they, he. Tr- Tried to talk his way out that he didn't roll it right, but then yeah. the co-pilot threw him under the bus or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's happened many times. I think there was an airline crew not too long ago where the the airline there was a reposition flight. There was, they rolled it. It was a CRJ, I think. They oh, rolled that, it, that, well, there's and then a, the co-pilot ratted him out. Yeah, there was. Well, there's a bunch of CRJ early on issues with crews taking them up, and the CRJ was kind of a dog at altitude. Yeah. And guys it's taking, not an airplane one be rolling. No. I don't know what these guys are thinking. They're like, this will be fine. Yeah. It's not going to be it's fine. It's not fine. It's not fine. <laughs> Especially if you don't know what you're doing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, we did a bunch of stalls in the XL. Um, it's pretty docile. Um, you know, the... Yeah, straighter wing, there. you know. Yeah, yeah lots yeah, of dynamic yeah, stability yeah. in that thing. Yeah, we were doing these things they call fugoids. Did uh-huh. Jeff tell you about these fugoids? Yep. Where you, you get it all... Everything's set, and then you just pull the yoke back and let go. See what happens. And see what happens. Well, and the most of those airplanes are, are designed dynamic stability. You know, so yeah. they, should, they yeah. should go back to center, which is why we talk we talk about it all the time in the upset recovery program. Yeah. And that just just let go. They, and they do at some point. <laughs> Sometimes it's six or seven iterations of the yeah. sine wave. Um, we had one where, uh, and the Excel with its moving tail is a little different, um, where you just hands off and lower the flaps. So they go from, and that's when the tail moves. Yes, I was going to say. And so when you go from, that's not that's not exactly the true leaving the airplane alone because the airplane's making corrections to itself. Correct, yeah. correct. So you go from zero flaps to seven, and that as soon as those flaps start moving, the tail starts moving. Mm-hmm. So you have the pitch change from the flaps, and then you have the pitch change from the elevator, and the airplane went from fifteen five to twenty thousand feet. Just on the float? Yeah, it just launched. Yeah. I mean, we went to like 43 degrees nose up, if you hands off. It's just kind of weird. Yeah. It just, just, you know, and everything settled out, but it was just that initial just pitch change. Right, right. It was kind well, of... Well, it's just like somebody's back there hauling on back on the stick. Yep, and that's exactly what it was. Yeah. So. Um, and that tails just because they couldn't get the thing to rotate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's some Falcon guys down in Montgomery that had the same problem. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Yeah. That should be an interest. I cannot wait for the NTSB write-up on that one. It's not going to be a one-pager. <laughs> no, no, no. That one's going to be ugly. The, the, the one- and that's the classic example, too, of, you know, you might not want to start talking right away. Why don't yeah. you keep your mouth shut for a few minutes this, while they put the, the fire out before you start trying to tell your story? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure. <laughs> I tried to rotate three times. I'm not sure the AOPA <laughs> lawyers are going to get them out of that one. No, that might uh, that might not go too no. well. But no. it, it'll be interesting to see if there's mitigating circumstances with that stuff, too, because on the surface, sometimes it's just like, oh, that guy just screwed the pooch. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's usually other stuff going on yeah, there, Yeah, there too. is. There's multiples. 
Well, Steve, I can't thank you enough for doing this, my friend. It's and, been fun. Uh, this has been a good program. I uh, I wish us all the best of luck here in the next couple of days as the FAA comes in and beats the crap out of us, yeah. which is well deserved. And um, should be I, fun. I can't uh, can't thank you enough for sitting in and, and doing this for the next couple it's, of days. It's been fun. It really has. I do enjoy doing this sort of work. Great. It's a it's a nice break from. Well, I was going to talk to you about the Falcon. Hey. <laughs> I'm sure we can make it happen. I the Ray Dome will probably be more expensive, however. Oh God, I still we were just talking about it before. I'm trying to sell that damn thing. Yeah, so if anybody needs a 560XL Ray Dome? Yes. Let us know. I've got one cheap, kinda, <laughs> kinda, <laughs> relatively cheap. So. Thank you, Mr. Boyle. Appreciate yes, it. Yes, you're welcome. Thanks for listening, folks. Uh, we actually have a dedicated email set up for uh, any comments, concerns, hate mail. You know, bring it. We don't mind. Uh, I know I say I'm a lot. I know I smack my lips, but by all means, anything else that you have to say, podcast at loft.arrow. That's podcast at loft.arrow, no .com. And uh, we will field your comments and respond accordingly.